Well, hello. Welcome back to Sermon Notes. Uh, this is Garland, and I have Mr. Steve Graves hello, in hello. the house with us uh, this week. Um, he'll be teaching the passage on Sunday morning and guiding us through as we continue in this Risen series. We're looking at um, encounters with the resurrected Jesus uh, and with the hopes of as we celebrate the resurrection, as we process through this uh, reality that the tomb is empty, we didn't want to just move along this year. In fact, in the traditional Christian calendar, there's an entire season called Eastertide, and we're mirroring that a little bit uh, this particular year by just looking closely at these passages and then reflecting on what what it means that Jesus is raised from the dead and he's the king. And so um, we're going to continue in Luke chapter 24 this week. So Steve, kind of set the scene for us. Uh, uh, what's going on in the passage? You know, where are you going to take us on Sunday? And then uh, and then we'll go to some of our other questions after that. Perfect. Great to be with you, Garland. Yeah, so where we are in Luke 24 is it's the still the it's, it's still the same Sunday. It's the first Easter Sunday. It's a very busy day. We're toward the afternoon, early evening, and the disciples had gone to, we'll call it a safe room. John, the gospel says, in John's gospel, he says the room was locked up um, because I guess they were a little fearful of what was going on in the community at that time. So the disciples had kind of gathered together and huddled together in an upper room um, talking about all of the things that were going on. And you can imagine if there was ever a crisis of the moment that captured everyone's imagination, that became what you talked about. 9-11, a tornado that rips through Little Rock, whatever. Something captures, that's what everyone's talking about. Well, that's what They had just gotten through talking about the last three days and specifically what they had heard happen that, mon- that morning on, on the Sunday Easter morning. So they're sitting around in their huddle talking, and then out of nowhere, a new person shows up standing in their circle not floating around like a ghost, um, standing there with them. And this person is Jesus. And so this is one of the eight occurrences of Jesus or eight appearances of Jesus post-resurrection to the disciples. And so the, the rest of the entire text is about things that Jesus said or things Jesus did with them in this post-resurrection moment. So that's kind of the whole deal. And and there's there's and I'll go ahead and tip you. There's there's two big ideas that I want us to develop or we're going to talk about Sunday. And, and one is is that I think that Jesus answers um, the the doubts and disasters of our faith journey. I mean, we all have doubts in our faith journey. Everybody has them. The strongest among us, the weakest, whatever, everybody has them. And what Jesus did in this moment. Uh, is is the the disciples were having all kinds of emotions. One emotion we know they had was doubt, a being of two minds about something. And Jesus answers that. And of course, the big idea is that he continues to answer our doubts two thousand years later in our faith journey. So that's one big idea that we're going to develop. And then the other big idea is it's caught down in about halfway down through the passage, where Jesus then shifts from kind of debating with them about their doubts to where he basically commissions them and he says, Hey, I'm 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 gonna basically I'm making I'm calling you to become a witness or a martyr about what you've seen. In other words, uh, you have looked, you've 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 touched me, you've saw you saw me, and either you believe or you don't. I need you to make a decision. If you believe, then guess what? I need you to become a um, 
a, a credible testimony, just literally just like if somebody at a, at a, at a jury or on a trial, I need you to become a person that will pledge and say, I was there, I saw it, I believe it, and it made a difference in my life. And so the second big idea that is we're going to build out is that Jesus, not only does he answer the doubts and disasters of our faith journey, he really helps to reorient the direction and the purpose of our life. He really, he kind of takes, he takes us and puts us on mission, as it were, not to become missionaries, but he puts us on, that's what it means to be a witness, because if I really was in the room, and he suddenly showed up in the room with me, okay, then like, if the resurrection happened, it changes everything. If it didn't happen, then guess what? We get to all just do moralizing and, you know, self-help and best that we would. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if it did happen, then guess what? All of his claims, all of his life come to bear. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the that's kind of the big idea. And, and, and all of this is literally happens in the room, behind the locked door, huddled up with the disciples whose head was spinning trying to figure out what happened, what does this mean, what does this mean to me, now what, all that kind of stuff. Well, I think that's what's really helpful about that is as a person myself who um, has and continues to wrestle with really serious doubt. I mean, I'm a, uh, I begin most things pretty skeptical. Let me look into that. Um, these are the kinds of passages. And if you're out there listening to this and, and maybe that's you, maybe you have a, a, a brother, sister, a spouse, a child that is wrestling with doubt. Maybe they're in a, a full on deconstruction phase. Um, or maybe you've got a coworker neighbor that doesn't buy any of it. Um, that that's okay. Like, uh, yes. we, we hope that that's welcome. Yes. And I think what's fascinating about these passages and Luke, and Luke does it here as well, is if these stories were super flattened out and the disciples were like, and of course they got it. And of course they knew and everything made sense to them and they had no issues and no problems. Um, then I would be suspicious of that, but the story seemed to go out of their way. And we see this here, even in Luke 24, uh, the gospel writers go out of their way to invite not only the listener of this in the ancient world, um, but also the modern listener to kind of align with the disciples going, what in the world is going on here? Um, even this section, uh, verse 37 to 39, this is not necessary to tell the story, this whole thing about the ghost. Um, but this is acknowledging a serious objection to the resurrection um, that many uh, uh, we would say, non-conservative scholars would say is they had a they had a a, a deep vision in their sadness <laughs> yeah, yeah. or and and I understand where that comes from I really do um, but the gospel writers go out of their way to say no 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 we that we know we have a category for that right. we know what that looks like uh, this is not the claim that these that these uh, witnesses are making and so um, you know I'm, I'm glad you're going there this week because I notice people in our in our church that feel that way I feel that way and for me um, this is a regular part of my faith is these these doubts this wrestling and the thing that I come back to regularly and I'm sure uh, this has been true for you as well is what do I do with the empty tomb and how do I square that? And like you said, my doubts about something in the Old Testament or something later in one of Paul's writings, if this didn't happen, then who cares? Right. Those doubts are, it's, it's a waste of my time. Exactly. If this is the case, then not only do those other doubts still matter, but they have to come under the orientation of, as you're saying in your second point, 
They have to be oriented now under this new purpose, new mission, new reality, new truth that Jesus really is the reigning king of the world by virtue of a Roman cross and a resurrection. Exactly. I mean, the the the, the resurrection is the pinnacle event, the pinnacle peak story of all stories connected to the Christian faith. I mean, it's it's it, in some ways you could literally say every other story is a supporting story around it because either and again to your point, Garland, either either it happened or it didn't happen, and it's really interesting in the text that Jesus doesn't scold them for having doubts and and being confused and perplexed, and um and to your point earlier about the ghost, um I think the text when when Luke is saying he stood. It, it, he wasn't floating above the ground right, like right. a like a spirit being or a mm-hmm. ghost. He literally was like another person, like 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 right now. There's six guys in the room, and then all of a sudden there's seven guys, mm-hmm. all and they're all huddled up talking. Mm-hmm. And there's just another person starting to talk, and mm-hmm. it was Jesus, you know. And he just and he just kind of starts talking to him, and and I think you know, and then and then what he does is he basically says, "Hey, just look at my scars, look at my wounds, touch them, see them." And then he basically, with you don't, he doesn't say this, but the implication is there. I believe he basically is saying, and then make a determination, do some examination, but then make a determination on whether you want to believe or not. You know, because if you believe, then all kinds of good things can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, all kinds of things are drug along into the resurrection power for a follower of Jesus, because. You know, if if you if you really re- rewind it a little bit, if we just listed, if you and I just started right now, we just started listing all everything that we're worried about and we have problems with, and we're concerned about. You know, <clears throat> I mean, just everything. We start listing them, and you take a few, and I'll take a few, and you take a few, and I take a few. <laughs> well, at the end, none none of those are as big as if one of us said, "Hey, I'm about to die." Mm-hmm. Like I just found out before you and I jumped on this this call here, I'm about to die. All of a sudden, something runs to the top mm-hmm. of the list. We probably wouldn't have come in here and sat down we and would, recorded this. Yeah, let's reschedule exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And all of a sudden, something takes that level of preeminence of concern and doubt and confusion. Well, that's what the resurrection did. Jesus said, "Give me your biggest thing, and I will take care of it." And so, honestly, everything else has a place to fit. It doesn't mean they're not real. It doesn't mean they don't happen. But but I have some I can do something with it. So So let me ask you this is the I kind of put you on a spot here. Um so you said earlier your second point you're going to go here on Sunday is verse 48. You know, you are witnesses of these things. And uh, uh, that's the word that we get our word for martyr for. And uh, uh, you're going to bear witness. You're going to sh- you're going to speak to this um, Publicly, this is going to be what your life is now oriented to, and you had said that this changes everything. Um, and now we have a mission, a purpose, a calling. Help, help me um, make sense of this. I think this is where um, Sundays like this, passages like this, can can move to the abstract. They can move to a place where we go, okay, okay, yeah, that's great and all, and. I, okay, I believe that Easter happened. That's great, and yes, I'm on mission. I okay. How does that affect my job tomorrow? Yeah. How does that affect yeah. what I do this week? So we say, you know, we say the resurrection changes everything. And, you know, one of my fears is we can go through this these next few weeks and we're talking thunderously about Jesus and what he's done. And that's that's amazing. 
But I think for, you know, somebody listening to this who's a community group leader, maybe they're discipling somebody or they're just devotionally listening to this as they follow along uh, here with our church. How do I connect that to Monday afternoon? Um, So, you know, while we have you in here, I know you devoted much of your life to that, to to trying to make that connection. Um, What does that look like? Well, I think, Garland, actually, um, you helped us a few weeks ago when you talked about how any Christian or any person of faith ought to relate to their culture. You know, 50, 60 years ago, Niebuhr wrote a book called Christ and Culture, where he was one of the earliest people that really outlined the way we relate to Mm -hmm. culture. And he had five, you had four, and I think I've only got four in my box (laughs) as well. But the idea is, is every Christian has to say, great, I mean, the resurrection requires me to engage culture. Mm-hmm. You know, the resurrection, it, it, it doesn't, I can't passively say, because the resurrection happened, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, Like, it requires me to say it makes a difference if you're fearful. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference if you are full of doubts. It makes a difference if whatever, okay? And so I have to figure out, you know, is my approach to culture going to be to, to just kind of go along with it, to fight it back, to buy into it too much, whatever, whatever. Or do I try to transform it, you know, through faithful presence was the term that you brought to, 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 the, to the talk that day, which was awesome. Um, and I think the big idea is I see my life, I'm on mission. Not I am a missionary or I'm going to India or whatever, but mm-hmm. I wake up and I have a, a reason I have a purpose bigger than getting another career vote. I'm, I'm sure I might need to go from VP to EVP. There's nothing wrong with that inherently by itself. It could be, could be, mm-hmm. but it's not inherently wrong to have ambition at mm-hmm. all. Okay. Especially if it's harnessed to God and it's godly ambition. All right. Well, um, and so, but it's bigger than that. It's not just about that or just about making more money or just about having a greater vacation or just about, you know, my kids need to, now they, my kids need to all be 4.0 graduates. It, I've, all that <laughs> stuff might be important, but there's something else bigger and deeper because I looked, I touched, I saw. I am a person that bore witness of that happened. It was true. And so it's the same thing that happens when, when somebody, you know, when, a, when somebody comes into a courtroom and they basically call to, this, to, to the jury box I mean, to the to the, um, the witness booth the or witness whatever. Booth. Yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you. They they call the witness booth, and so and and the and the attorney says, "Were you there? Yes, I was there. Did you see so and so run their car over the the dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the answer is, I saw it. I saw it. Okay, well then you saw it, and now like, nobody else can say, oh, they were just dreaming mm-hmm. or they don't like that person. No, here's the evidence. Here's the evidence. So. What ha- I got to do something with that reality that I saw. And so to your point is when I wake up tomorrow and I, I don't necessarily quit my job at Tyson, okay, but I'm missional. I'm missional with what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm missional if I go back to the hospital and I'm a nurse. I wake up. There's something that fuels me and drives me in a bigger, more eternal, more purposeful more meaningful way than just getting my money, mm-hmm. getting the next promotion. And there's and what that is is that's the resurrection. I mean, I find myself tethered to something that happened two thousand years ago, roughly mm-hmm. two thousand years ago, that these that these disciples were gathered in a room talking about that they said, guess what? Jesus said, 
you've seen it. Now go be a martyr. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what that one slice of go die for your faith, which mm-hmm. there was a sliver of that did happen during church history and still happens today, but primarily be the witness, be the proclaimer, be the testimony. Mm-hmm. Be the, be the be the be the person that basically pledges that happened and and it changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might say even simply, there are no silent witnesses. Perfect. To be a witness Perfect. requires uh, it requires proclamation, and to be a credible witness, yep. you know, you could be a witness, then the, they could come up and bring. Uh, 10 character witnesses against you because you have no credibility. Yeah, you yeah, know, to correct. be a witness would be to have the ability to have what I say be verified, but also based on the character that's reflected in my life outside of this room. Otherwise, they're going to they're just going to pull a bunch of, you took us to the courtroom metaphor. Here's 10 character witnesses why that guy's a liar. Right, um, exactly. And so I think thinking through, you know, we've taken it to a modern courtroom uh, analogy, but thinking through if the resurrection has occurred, what that means, what that is signifying about who Jesus is, his claims to be the king, his claims to be the agent of rescue, his claims to be the way that humans can find beauty and meaning and goodness in this world, those are counterclaims to the claims that culture makes. In yes. fact, you'll see in Mark chapter 10 when Jesus says, you know how the world does it. The leaders are always lording it over each other. They're always clamoring for power. And the history of humanity would tell us that's pretty accurate. Um, There's a way to be human. And then there's the way Jesus says, here's how I'm going to show you to be human. And the resurrection is the proof, we might say, that Jesus was correct and has the authority to make that statement. Mm -hmm. Now the question becomes, what kind of kingdom is that? And how do I bring that to bear on Monday in my parenting, at my job? And there's a lot of room in that, I think, in a small group and across the table in discipleship or even just personal study to go, if the resurrection is true, how does that change my blank, fill in the blank, this right, week? Right, um, and, and, and Garland, the, 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 the beautiful picture of that is this. Every single day, I huddle with myself in some room. Mm-hmm. Or I huddle with my wife in some room, or I huddle with my business partners or my best friends in some room talking about these things. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. these things are not the resurrection like that. These things might be my parenting. I just lost my job. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my my whole business is upside down. I had a moral failure, and I don't know what to do. But I'm I'm huddling with myself mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. with some be- people, and I'm talking about these things. Mm-hmm. And what I need to realize is that just like that happened back then, Jesus is standing in my huddle. Mm-hmm. He's standing in the midst, and he's saying to me, hey, look, touch, see, will you believe that I can? That, so so I'm never alone anymore processing all these things without the resurrection because the resurrection happened. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says it so well at the end of Matthew's gospel. He says, we, we tend to focus on the, uh, you know, go therefore make disciples, and rightly so. It's the Great Commission. And we can almost miss the last little note there, which he goes, he goes hey, remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Yep, and yep. This, this section of Luke will conclude even with Jesus saying, hey, hang around here. And I'm going to send, yep. I'm sending something and it will be the thing that will tell you I'm always with you. So, um, Steve, that's really helpful. Um, I think that, I, I hope this produces, um, yes, the resurrection. And we, and we want to talk about that and focus on that. That's what we're doing here. But let's bring that, not 
let's, let's keep it not from going to the abstract only, mm-hmm. but what does that mean for you and for me this week? And that's a different kind of question. Um, and it's a fun question to think through. And so, um, as always, if you've got uh, uh, questions or uh, you want to process, uh, you can call us, email us, text us. Um, and as always, thank you for listening to Sermon Notes. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks.